Act Five of The Recruiting Officer by George Farquhar. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act the Fifth, Scene One, Justice Balance's House. Enter Balance and Scale. I say, tis not be born, Mister Balance. Look I, Mr. Scale, for my own part I shall be very tender in that regards to the officers of the army. I only speak in reference to Captain Plume. For the other spark I know nothing of. Nor can I hear of anybody that does. Oh, here they come. Enter Sylvia, Bullock, Rose, Prisoners, and Constable. May it please your worships, we took them in the very act. Rayan Thakta, sir. The gentleman, indeed, behaved himself like a gentleman for he drew his sword and swore, and afterwards laid it down and said nothing. Give the gentleman his sword again. Wait you without. Exuant constable and watch. I am sorry, sir. To Sylvia. To know a gentleman upon such terms that the occasion of our meeting should prevent the satisfaction of an acquaintance. Sir, you need make no apology for your warrant, no more than I shall do for my behaviour. My innocence is upon an equal foot with your authority. Innocence? Have you not seduced that young maid? No, Mr. Goosecap, she seduced me. So she did, I'll swear, for she proposed marriage first. To Rose. What, then you are married, child? Yes, sir, to my sorrow. Who was witness? That was I. I danced through the stocking and spoke jokes by their bedside, I'm sure. Who was the minister? Minister? we are soldiers and want no minister they were married by the articles of war hold thy prating fool your appearance sir promises some understanding pray what does this fellow mean he means marriage i think but that you know is so odd a thing that hardly any two people under the sun agree in the ceremony but among soldiers tis most sacred our sword you know is our honour that we lay down the hero jumps over it first and the amazon after leap rogue follow whore the drum beats a rough and so to bed. That's all. The ceremony is concise. And the prettiest ceremony, so full of pastime and prodigality. What? Are you a soldier? Aye, that I am. Will your worship lend me your cane? And I'll show you how I can exercise. Take it. Strikes him over the head. To Sylvia. Your name, pray, sir. Captain Pinch. I cock my hat with a pinch. I take snuff with a pinch, pay my whores with a pinch. In short, I can do anything at a pinch but fight. And pray, sir, what brought you into Shropshire? A pinch, sir. I know you country gentlemen want wit, and you know that we town gentlemen want money, and so... I understand you, sir. Enter Constable. Here, Constable, take this gentleman into custody, till further orders. Pray, your worship, don't be uncivil to him, for he did me no hurt. He's the most harmless man in the world, for all he talks so. Come, come, child. I'll take care of you. What, gentlemen? Rob me of my freedom and my wife at once? Tis the first time they ever went together. Hark, I, constable. Whispers him. It shall be done, sir. Come along, sir. Excellent constable, Bullock, and Sylvia. Come, Mrs. Gale, we'll manage to spark presently. Excellent. Scene two. The marketplace. Enter plume and kite. A baker, a tailor, a smith, butchers, carpenters, and journeymen shoemakers, 
in all thirty-nine i believe the first colony planted in virginia had not more trades in their company than i have in mine the butcher sir will have his hands full for we have two sheep stealers among us i hear of a fellow too committed just now for stealing of horses we'll dispose of him among the dragoons have we never a poulterer among us yes sir the king of the gypsies is a very good one he has an excellent hand at a goose or a turkey here's captain brazen sir i must go look after the men enter brazen reading a letter um, 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 the canonical hour um, um, very well oh my dear plume give me a bus half a score if you will my dear what hast got in thy hand child tis a project for laying out a thousand pounds were it not requisite to project first how to get it in you can't imagine my dear that i want twenty thousand pounds i have spent twenty times as much in the services but if this twenty thousand pounds should not be in specie what twenty thousand hark ye whispers married presently we're to meet about half a mile out of town at the waterside and so forth reads for fear i should be known by any of worthy's friends you must give me leave to wear my mask till after the ceremony which will make us for ever yours look ye there my dear dog shows the bottom of the letter to plume melinda and by this light her own hand once more if you please my dear her hand exactly just now you say this minute i must be gone have a little patience and i'll go with you no no i see a gentleman coming this way that may be inquisitive tis worthy do you know him by sight only have a care the very eyes discover secrets exit enter worthy to boot and saddle captain you must mount whip and spur worthy or you won't mount but i shall Melinda and I are agreed. She's gone to visit Sylvia. We are to mount and follow. And could we carry a parson with us who knows what might be done for us both? Don't trouble your head. Melinda has secured a parson already. Already? Do you know more than I? Yes, I saw it under her hand. Brazen and she are to meet half a mile hence, at the waterside. They're to take boat, I suppose, to be ferried over to the Elysian fields if there be any such thing in matrimony i parted with melinda just now she assured me she hated brazen and that she resolved to discard lucy for daring to write letters to him in her name nay nay there's nothing of lucy in this i tell you i saw melinda's hand as surely as this is mine but i tell you she's gone this minute to justice balance's country house but i tell you she's gone this minute to the waterside enter a servant too worthy madam melinda has sent word that you need not trouble yourself to follow her because her journey to justice balances is put off and she's gone to take the air another way how her journey put off that is her journey was a put off to you tis plain plain but how where when is she to meet brazen just now i tell you half a mile hence at the waterside up or down the water that i don't know I'm glad my horses are ready. I shall return presently. Exit. You'll find me at the hall. The justices are sitting by this time, and I must attend them. Exit. 
Scene three, a court of justice, balance, scale, and scruple upon the bench, constable, kite, mob, kite and constable advance. Pray, who are those honourable gentlemen upon the bench? He in the middle is Justice Balance, he on the right is Justice Scale, and he on the left is Justice Scruple, and I am Mr. Constable, four very honest gentlemen. Oh, dear sir, I am your most obedient servant. Saluting the Constable. I fancy, sir, that your employment and mine are much the same, for my business is to keep people in order, and if they disobey, to knock them down, and then we are both staff officers. Nay, I am a sergeant myself, of the militia. Come, brother, you shall see me exercise. Suppose this a musket. Now I am shouldered. Puts his staff on his right shoulder. Ay, you are shouldered pretty well for a constable's staff. But for a musket, you must put it on the other shoulder, my dear. That's so, that's true. Come, now give the word of command. Silence. Ay, ay, so we will. We will be silent. Silence, you dog, silence! Strikes him over the head with his halbert. That's the way to silence a man with a witness. What do you mean, friend? Only to exercise you, sir. Your exercise differs so much from ours that we shall never agree about it. If my own captain had given me such a rap, I'd taken the law to him. Enter Plume. Captain, you're welcome. Gentlemen, I thank you. Come, honest captain, sit by me. Plume ascends and sits upon the bench. Now, produce your prisoners. Here, that fellow there, set him up. Mr. Constable, what have you to say against this man? I've nothing to say against him, and please you. No, what made you bring him hither? I don't know, and please your worship. Did not the contents of your warrant direct you what sort of men to take up? I can't tell you, and please you. I can't read. A very pretty constable, truly. I find we have no business here. May it please the worshipful bench. I desire to be heard in this case, as being the counsel for the king. Come, sergeant, you shall be heard, since nobody else will speak. We won't come here for nothing. This man is but one man. The country may spare him, and the army wants him. Besides, he's cut out by nature for a grenadier. He's five feet ten inches high. He shall box, wrestle, or dance the Cheshire round with any man in the country. He gets drunk every Sabbath day, and he beats his wife. You lie, sirrah, you lie. And please, your worship, he's the best-natured, painstaking man in the parish witness my five poor children. A wife and five children? You constable, you rogue, how dost you impress a man that has a wife and five children? Discharge him, discharge him. Hold, gentlemen. Hawkeye, friend, how do you maintain your wife and five children? They live upon wild fowl and venison, sir. The husband keeps a gun and kills all the hares and partridges within five miles round. A gun? Nay, if he be so good at gunning, he shall have enough on't. He may be of use against the French, for he shoots flying to be sure. But his wife and children, Mr. Balance. Aye, aye, that's the reason you would send him away. You know I have a child every year, and you are afraid that they should come upon the parish at last. Look you there, gentlemen. The honest woman has spoke it at once. The parish had better maintain five children this year than six or seven the next. 
that fellow upon this high feeding may get you two or three beggars at a birth look ye mr captain the parish shall get nothing by sending him away for i won't lose my teeming time if there be a man left in the parish send that woman to the house of correction and the man i'll take care of him if you please takes him down here you constable the next set up that black-faced fellow he has a gunpowder look what can you say against this man constable nothing but that he's a very honest man pray gentlemen let me have one honest man in my company for the novelty's sake what are you friend a collier i work in the coal pits look here gentlemen this fellow has a trade and the act of parliament here expresses that we are to impress no man that has any visible means of a livelihood may it please your worship this man has no visible means of a livelihood for he works underground well said kite besides the army wants miners right and had we an order of government for it we could raise you in this and the neighbouring county of stafford five hundred colliers that would run you underground like moles and do more service in a siege than all the miners in the army well friend what have you to say for yourself i'm married lack a day so am i here's my wife poor woman are you married good woman i'm married in conscience may it please your worship she's with child in conscience who married you mistress my husband we agreed that i should call him husband to avoid passing for a whore and that he should call me wife to shun going for a soldier a very pretty couple what say you mr kite will you take care of the woman yes sir she shall go with us to the seaside and there if she has a mind to drown herself we'll take care nobody shall hinder her here constable bring in my man exit constable now captain i'll fit you with a man such as you never listed in your life enter constable and sylvia oh my friend pinch i am very glad to see you well sir and what then what then is that your respect to the bench sir i don't care a farthing for you nor your bench neither look here gentlemen that's enough he's a very impudent fellow and fit for a soldier a notorious rogue i say and very fit for a soldier a whore-master i say and therefore fit to go what think you captain i think he's a very pretty fellow and therefore fit to serve me for a soldier send your own lazy lubberly sons at home fellows that hazard their necks every day in the pursuit of a fox yet dare not peep abroad to look an enemy in the face may it please your worships i have a woman at the door to swear a rape against this rogue is it your wife or daughter booby pray captain read the articles of war we'll see him listed immediately plume reads articles of war against mutiny and desertions etc hold sir once more gentlemen have a care what you do for you shall severely smart for any violence you offer me and you mr balance i speak to you particularly you shall heartily repent it look ye young spark say but one word more and i'll build a horse for you as high as the ceiling and make you ride the most tiresome journey that ever you made in your life you have made a fine speech good captain huffcap but you had better be quiet i shall find a way to cool your courage pray gentlemen don't mind him he's distracted tis false i am descended of as good a family as any in your county my father is as good a man as any upon your bench and i am heir to twelve hundred pounds a year he's certainly mad pray captain read the articles of war 
hold once more pray mr balance to you i speak suppose i were your child would you use me at this rate no faith were you mine i would send you to bedlam first and into the army afterwards but consider my father sir he's as good as generous as brave as just a man as ever served his country i'm his only child perhaps the loss of me may break his heart he's a very great fool if it does captain if you don't list him this minute i'll leave the court kite do you distribute the levy money to the men while i read ay sir silence gentlemen plume reads the articles of war very well now captain let me beg the favour of you not to discharge this fellow upon any account whatsoever bring in the rest there are no more and please your worship no more there were five two hours ago tis true sir but this rogue of a constable let the rest escape for a bribe of eleven shillings a man because he said the act allowed him but ten so the odd shilling was a clear gain how gentlemen he offered to let me go away for two guineas but i had not so much about me this is truth and i am ready to swear it and i'll swear it give me the book tis for the good of the service may it please your worship i gave him half a crown to say that i was an honest man but now since that your worships have made me a rogue i hope i shall have my money again tis my opinion that this constable be put into the captain's hand and if his friends don't bring four good men for his ransom by to-morrow night captain you shall carry him to flanders agreed 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 mr kite take the constable into custody ay ay sir to the constable will you please to have your office taken from you or will you handsomely lay down your staff as your betters have done before you constable drops his staff come gentlemen there needs no great ceremony in adjourning this court captain you shall dine with me come mr militia sergeant i shall silence you now i believe without your taking the law of me Excellent. scene four a room in balance's house enter balance and steward we did not miss her till the evening sir and then searching for her in the chamber that was my young master's we found her clothes there but the suit that your son left in the press when he went to london was gone the white trimmed with silver the same you hadn't told that circumstance to anybody to none but your worship and be sure you don't go into the dining-room and tell captain plume that i beg to speak with him i shall exit was ever man so imposed upon i had her promise indeed that she would never dispose of herself without my consent i have consented with a witness given her away as my act and my deed and this i warrant the captain thinks will pass no i shall never pardon him the villainy first of robbing me of my daughter and then the mean opinion he must have of me to think that i would be so wretchedly imposed upon her extravagant passion might encourage her in the attempt but the contrivance must be his i'll know the truth presently enter plume pray captain what have you done with your young gentleman soldier he's at my quarters i suppose with the rest of my men does he keep company with the common soldiers no he's generally with me he lies with you i presume no faith the young rogue fell in love with rose and has lain with her i think since she came to town so that between you both rose has been finely managed upon my honour sir she had no harm from me all's safe i find now captain you must know that the young fellow's impudence in court was well grounded he said i should heartily repent his being listed and so i do from my soul ay for what reason 
because he is no less what he said he was born of as good family as any in this county and he is the heir to twelve hundred pounds a year i'm very glad to hear it for i wanted but a man of that quality to make my company a perfect representative of the whole commons of england won't you discharge him not under a hundred pounds sterling you shall have it for his father is my intimate friend then you shall have him for nothing nay sir you shall have your price not a penny sir i value an obligation to you much above an hundred pounds perhaps sir you shan't repent your generosity will you please to write his discharge in my pocket-book gives his book in the meantime we'll send for the gentleman who waits there enter steward go to the captain's lodging and inquire for mr wilful tell him his captain wants him here immediately sir the gentleman's below at the door inquiring for the captain bid him come up here's the discharge sir sir i thank you aside tis plain he had no hand in it enter sylvia i think captain you might have used me better than to leave me yonder among your swearing drunken crew and you mr justice might have been so civil as to have invited me to dinner for i have eaten with as good a man as your worship sir you must charge our want of respect upon our ignorance of your quality but now you are at liberty i have discharged you discharged me yes sir and you must once more go home to your father my father then i am discovered oh sir kneeling i expect no pardon pardon no no child your crime shall be your punishment here captain i deliver her over to the conjugal power for her chastisement since she will be a wife be your husband a very husband when she tells you of her love upbraid her with her folly be moodishly ungrateful because she has been unfashionably kind and use her worse than you would anybody else because you can't use her so well as she deserves and are you sylvia in good earnest earnest i have gone too far to make it a jest sir and do you give her to me in good earnest if you please to take her sir why then i have saved my legs and arms and lost my liberty secure from wounds i am prepared for the gout farewell subsistence and welcome taxes sir my liberty and the hope of being a general are much dearer to me than your twelve hundred pounds a year but to your love madam i resign my freedom and to your beauty my ambition greater in obeying at your feet than commanding at the head of an army enter worthy i am so sorry to hear mr balance that your daughter is lost so am not i sir since an honest gentleman has found her enter melinda pray mr balance what's become of my cousin sylvia your cousin sylvia is talking yonder with your cousin plume how how do you think it strange cousin that a woman should change but i hope you'll excuse a change that has proceeded from constancy i altered my outside because i was the same within and only laid by the woman to make sure of my man that's my history your history is a little romantic cousin but since success has crowned your adventures you will have the world on your side and i shall be willing to go with the tide providing you'll pardon an injury i offered you in the letter to your father that injury madam was done to me and the reparation i expect shall be made to my friend make mr worthy happy and i shall be satisfied a good example sir will go a great way when my cousin is pleased to surrender tis probable i shan't hold out much longer enter brazen 
Gentlemen, I am yours. Madam, I am not yours. I'm glad on it, sir. So am I. You have got a pretty house here, Mr. Laconic. Tis time to write all mistakes. My name, sir, is Balance. Balance? Sir, I am your most obedient. I know your whole generation. Had not you an uncle that was governor of the Leeward Islands some years ago? Did you know him? Intimately, sir. He played at billiards to a miracle. You had a brother, too, that was a captain of a fire-ship. Poor Dick. He had the most engaging way with him of making punch. And then his cabin was so neat. But his poor boy Jack was the most comical bastard. Ho, 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 a pickled dog. I shall never forget him. Have you got your recruits, my dear? Not a stick, my dear. Probably I shall furnish you, my dear. Instead of the twenty thousand pounds you talked of, you shall have the twenty brave recruits that I have raised, at the rate they cost me. My commission I lay down to be taken up by some braver fellow that has more merit and less good fortune, whilst I endeavour by the example of this worthy gentleman to serve my king and country at home. With some regret I quit the active field, where glory full reward for life does yield. But the recruiting trade, with all its train of endless plague, fatigue, and endless pain, I gladly quit, with my fair spouse to stay, and raise recruits the matrimonial way. Exit Omnes. End of Act Five, and End of the Recruiting Officer by George Farquhar.